0: Hello, welcome to the second edition of Education Needs a Champion and Our Children Deserve One. Hi, I'm your host, Larry Davis, and today's topic is going to be an interesting one. Today, I'll be discussing our parents' role in the educational success of our children. So sit tight. We'll be right back.
1: What does it mean to be a champion? Stand tall hold your head high Make the rooftop break, aiming for the sky Might not have it yet, but success is in my side Can education get a champion? Cause nowadays we treat it like a common cold Catch it if you can, but you're happy if you don't Why are we so okay with that story? Education needs a champion Mr. Davis, can you be him? show? Him. Them, mold them into something greater, give them freedom. All we need is education. It's the secret. Lot of love, love, schools don't always love us. No, they don't. Education needs a champion. Our children deserve one.
0: Welcome back, champions. Today's topic is gonna to be an interesting one. It's the role of our parents in our children's academic success. Now, before I get started, I want to say this. There's no conceivable way that I can possibly talk about all the ways that our parents can be involved in our children's education, but I'm going to talk about some that I've experienced, some that are near and dear to me, and some that I know will be very valuable to our parents. So let's begin. The first thing we should realize is this. Our parents are vital to the academic success of our students. In fact, Our parents' involvement in our students' education is the number one factor in them being successful, not their income level, not the neighborhood they live in or the neighborhood they come from, but our parents' involvement in our students' education. You see, parents are the CFO of our children's education, the chief financial officer, the chief family officer, and as CFO, Our our children are our greatest investment. This investment starts long before our children even attend school. So I wanna talk to you about some data, some research that I looked at when I was first becoming a dad back in 1995, some research that I've continued to look at over the years as an educator and as a leader. And I hope that you find these as interesting and as valuable as I have. First is, there's research out there that tells us that we should start reading to our children at the moment of conception or that we realize that we're about to be parents. That that child will start hearing us and learning during those times. Here's the beauty in that whole, that whole scenario, that whole research. Can you imagine a mother-to-be reading to her unborn child? What a beautiful sight. What about the father-to-be sitting there with the mother-to-be, reading to their unborn child. Wow, that is the embodiment of quality time. And even if it had no academic credibility or any academic validity to it, the fact that this is the start of a permanent relationship, a joint partnership between mom and dad and an investment in their children's career and their children's education, how powerful is that? The next one I want to talk to you about is something that I really subscribe to. It is that we should start reading to our children at the moment of birth. Well, I did that. I read to my son and my daughter from the moment they were born. And here's, here's the thing I'd like to share with you. Both of my children are avid readers. Both graduated high school with honors. And my son, who is the oldest of the two, graduated this year from college with honors. I would love to think that me reading to them from the time they came into this world played a big part in it. And I, I, I truly believe it did and that it does. So parents, read to your children. If not before they're born, the moment that they're born. Now, here's one of the most interesting researches that i read over the years. It says that parents who start reading to their children when the child is four months old, this increases the likelihood that that parent will become a lifelong reader to that child. That's amazing. If you start reading to your child at four months old, the parent will will likely be a lifetime reader for that child. Again, I have to support that. I wanna move on to some other things that I think parents can find highly beneficial and I would highly consider that they think about these. There's research out there. Now, this is the one that really caught me off guard. So I, I really did these things over the years. It said that the parent who watches the news with their children and discuss the events of the news with their children will increase that student's success academically in school. Another interesting fact, the newspaper holds true as well parents who are seen reading the newspaper in front of their children and discussing current events objectively with their children has an academic successful connection as well. Watching the news, we do it anyway. Why not watch it with our children and discuss those events with them? So they have an idea of what's going on in the world and they're not getting it from a third source. They're getting it from someone who cares about them, who's invested in them being successful. Reading the paper, There's so many benefits to our children seeing us as adults reading. Now, here's here's my favorite, the dinner table conversation. There's a direct correlation between parents and children who have dinner together and have conversations at the table, free of distractions, no cell phones, no television, no music, just parents asking their children about their day and how it went, and children being able to, or allowed to ask parents about their day and how their day went. Isn't that amazing? Let's just admit this. The dinner conversation with our children is a way to spend quality time with our families. The academic benefits, that's just a bonus. Wow. Dinner, conversation, academic success. We should all be doing these things. Other home supports that I truly recommend for parents are these. Providing students with a designated place to do their homework and studies. A place that's free of clutter and distractions. Scheduling and setting a specific time for students to study and do their homework. A time that is very well guarded and protected. Parents, what I mean by guarded and protected, I mean this. No homework should be interrupted with chores. Their study time should not be interrupted with phones and television. You're probably thinking, well, Larry, what about music? We know the jury's still on that. I know there are some children who say that they study better with music. When I write my books, I tend to have music playing in the background. So I don't know if music is a bigger distractor as it's made out to be, or maybe it is. Because the other side of that coin is, Companies that have casual Friday and allow uh, their employees to listen to music, productivity has been said to drop 30% during that time. But that's not the point here today. We're talking about a place and a time for our children to study and do homework, a place that is protected, that is free of chores, free of phones, free of television. Hey, parents, here's a benefit. Let's provide our children in this designated area, in this designated time, with a snack. This is where our children don't get up from the designated area, wander into the kitchen, open up the refrigerator, close the refrigerator, go to the cupboard, open up the cupboard, close the cupboard, go to the pantry, look in the pantry, only to go back to the refrigerator and find what they were looking for in the first place. Let's just provide that snack for them. Now, I know you're thinking, Larry, you talked about reading to our children. You talked about having dinner with our children. You talked about the newspaper. What about parents helping our children with their homework? Well, of course, I want you to help your child with their homework. That is a great idea, and it's a great time to bond with our children. It's a great time to see what they're learning at school. But have you seen the homework that comes home with our children some days? Some of our parents are not equipped to even do these assignments. I'm an educator of 20 plus years. Again, I've been a classroom teacher. I've been a assistant principal. I've been a house principal. I've been a testing coordinator. I've been a UIL coordinator. I've been a a district coordinator for uh, school improvement, a district coordinator for college career readiness, a regional superintendent. And now I'm an executive director of secondary education. And I can honestly tell you that some of the assignments that my son and my daughter brought home while they were in high school, I couldn't help them with it. But parents, here's the thing. You may not be able to help them with that assignment, but you can help them find the resource that will help them be successful. Now, before I go to break, I want to share a couple of things with you, Uh, a couple of sites I would love for you to go visit and look at just for information. Now, there's hundreds of these sites. No, that's incorrect. There's thousands of these sites out there, but here are some that I know that will get the information that you should look at. 0to3.org parents.com, babycenter.co.uk, teachhub.com, theconversation.com. These are just a few sites that you can visit to find information on how you can better help your child academically and educationally at home. We'll be right back. Thank you.
1: What does it mean to be a champion? Stand tall and hold your head high Make the rooftop break, aim it for the sky Might not have it yet, but success is in my side Can education get a champion? Cause nowadays we treat it like a common cold Catch it if you can, but you're happy if you don't Why are we so okay with that story? Education needs a champion Mr. Davis, can you be him? Show him how to lead the pavement. Can you teach him? Mode him into something greater. Give them freedom. All we need is education. It's the secret. A lot of love, law schools don't always love us. No, they don't. Education needs a champion. Our children deserve one.
0: Okay, welcome back, champions. So, we previously talked about our parents' role in our children's academic and educational success. We talked about some of the things that they could do at home. Now I want to talk about that parent role in our children's success at school. The first thing I want to say, if possible, parents volunteer. There is nothing more valuable to our children than parent volunteers. Ask your campus, what can you do to volunteer on that campus? Think about it. There are so many different things we can do. Student pickup, student drop off scholarship centers, college night, dads and donuts, mothers and muffins, parents and pastries, booster clubs, serving as hall monitors, serving as bus duty monitors. there are so many things that we can do to get involved in our students' education at school, and it all starts with one word, volunteer. Join the PTA. Or the PTO, if you can. And I know that sometimes our work schedules won't allow us to make these meetings and join these meetings, but if you can, please take an active role in your parent-teacher organization, your parent-teacher-student organization, your parent-teacher-student association. Please take a moment to do so. You see, we need to see our parents at school at more than just sport events, uh, sports events, excuse me, uh, plays, concerts, award ceremonies and graduations. We want to see you there at all of those, but we want to see you there before those things happen. In fact, if you volunteer and you spend time on that campus ahead of time, chances are you will be attending more of these types of ceremonies. We need you there. Our students need to see people who look like them working to support their academic success. Our young men need to see our older gentlemen who look like them working to support them academically and who looks more like our children than our parents. See, the parents, I talked to you earlier about being the CFO, the chief family officer, the chief financial officer. And now I want to talk about what that truly means as a CFO, the chief financial officer. As a chief family officer, you understand that you you are investing in our children. We are investing in our children's career our children's education, our children's success. The school board, by definition, is a COO, the chief operating officer. If you are spending money as a chief financial officer and the COO, the chief operating officer, are not being successful, are not spending your money with or taking care of your investment with fidelity, what are you going to do? You're going to get rid of them. You're going to fire them. Well, think about it. If the school board members who represent our precincts or our district, they're not advocating and supporting our children and the schools in our district the way they should, why should we leave them on the board? Now, let's think about this for a second. I'm not saying removing removing them from the board, running against them in an election is our first choice, but I want you to know that it is a choice. So if we go and we speak with our school board member, who is our precinct or district representative, and we ask them these questions and we talk to them about the needs of our students in our schools and our community, and we see that those needs are not being met consistently, it's time to run somebody against that person. Listen, the most important thing is that we vote in every election, but more importantly also is this, that we vet the people who are running. The people who are running for school board must represent our children, must represent our precinct and our districts and the schools in our district. Parents in every election, there's going to be things that we need to talk about. There's going to be people running for this or running for that. But we need to make sure that people who are running are running for the right reason, which is our children. And not running because they have a personal agenda. Now, here's the funny thing about the school board. A friend of mine said, Larry, I I think education would be so much better if we could just take the political aspect out of it. And I thought about that for a second. And I, I couldn't agree more, but my response to him was this. When you think about politics, you think about public officials being elected. Well, we elect our school board members. Our school board members run, and we vote for them in a local election. This is by definition political. And then those elected officials will, will traditionally hire a superintendent that reflects their values. Again, the embodiment of political. So it would be difficult to take the politics out of education, but it sure would be nice if we could. Now let's talk about our superintendent. Now understand that the superintendent job is a massive undertaking. It is political in nature, but our superintendent should be there for our children. Our superintendent should be the second biggest advocate for our children in our district, second only to us as parents, but equal to that of our school board representative. Our superintendent needs to know what our children needs, and if he's not working or he or she is not working on the behalf of all our children, we need to change out that board so we can change out that superintendent. Again, I'm not advocating firing anyone, but the school board, the superintendent, should work for us as CFOs, the chief family officer. Their sole responsibility is our children, and our children is our biggest and prize investment. Parents, there's Two more things, uh, two more roles I would like to say that you have to take on as, as a parent, not just a CFO, but parents, you have to be the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. You have to be the biggest advocate for our students, and you have to be an ambassador for our students. So when we think about that, the CFO role covers most of our parental responsibilities, but not all of them. The advocate role that we play as parents is this, we campaign to ensure our schools provide the necessary s- services, resources and programs that our students need to be successful. Services, programs and resources that include, but not limited to, our special ed services. Our English as a second language services. dual language courses, dual language courses, excuse me. Advanced placement courses, career and technology courses career certifications, fine arts programs. Parents, we are advocating for whatever it takes to meet our children's individual academic needs so they can be successful. You see, high school should be an on-ramp to something greater. School-to-work programs, school-to-college programs, post-secondary readiness, school-to-military relationships. High school cannot be an off-ramp because of graduation. It needs to be an on-ramp to their career, to their future. And we have to advocate for all the services, all the courses, all the programs, all the resources that our children are going to need to be successful. And that's our role as an advocate. Now, the final role I'm gonna talk to you about is the role of an ambassador. Parents, as an ambassador of our children, please make our very first communication to the campus a positive one. And what I mean by that is this, don't make the first contact to the campus, to the teacher, to the administrator, to be one of a complaint. Make sure that that partnership already exists before you have to call and complain about anything. How do we do this? Email the school, email the teacher, email the assistant principal, the campus principal, and let them know that you're the parent of your child. You're the parent of this child and this child, your child is going to be in these programs. And you want them to know that here's your information. They can contact you at any time because you're going to be there to support that child and be a firm partnership with the school and the education of your child. Attend summer orientations where you can meet the staff for the very first time. Don't wait until you're called in because of a failing grade, or tardies, or absences, or whatever reason. Make that first communication to the campus from you a positive one. When we have to complain, when we have to come to the school, it doesn't always have to be positive, but it can't be super negative. Remember the role of the ambassador is diplomatic, it's diplomacy. It's the official representative of our children, and it is a promoter of our children. And not that of the angry and disgruntled parent because you got a call from the school. Not that of the angry and disgruntled parent because you had to get up early and come to the school for something your child has done, or that you had to call in late for work or miss work to come up to the school to deal with a situation that involved your, child, your Our child. Remember, Our children are our work, they're the reason that we are CFOs, they're the reason that we are advocates, they're the reason that we take on the role of the ambassador. We represent our children, we promote our children, we advocate and campaign for the things that they need to be successful, and we ensure that the people who are involved in their education are the right ones. You see, when we go to the campus and to schools as this angry, disgruntled parent, it only gives some staff members a reason not to support our children fully. And trust me when I say this we already have enough faculty and staff doing as little as possible to support the needs of our children without giving them any additional incentives. The role of our parents in our children's education is that of the CFO, the chief financial officer, the chief family officer, the advocate constantly campaigning for our children and the needs of our children, the ambassador representing and promoting our children. And yes, there's one more role that our parents play in our children education. Our ch- parents play the role of champion. Our parents are champions too. You see, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, Feel free to reach out. If you'd like to advertise, be a guest, or be a donor or a supporter of this podcast, please feel free to contact me at 817 793 7074. This is Larry Davis, and reminding you, education needs a champion, and our children deserve one
1: what does it mean to be a champion stand tall and hold your head high make the rooftop break aiming for the sky might not have it yet but success is in my side can education get a champion cause nowadays we treat it like a common cold catch it if you can but you're happy if you don't why are we so okay with that story education needs a champion Mr. Davis, can you be him? Show him how to lead the pavement, can you teach him? Mold him into something greater, give him freedom. All we need is education, it's the secret. A lot of love, law. schools don't always love us. No, they don't. Education needs a champion. Our children deserve one.